and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. So, this morning, if you were here last week, you'll know that we kicked off with a, with a brand new series last week. Um, and it's not just any series, it's actually our, our year theme. And our year theme is next. Not just next, but specifically, what's your next step? Because the truth be told, whether we're aware of it or not, we all have next steps. You have a next step and I have a next step. Whether you've been serving Jesus for 50 years or whether you've just come to know Jesus in the last five days, you have next steps, I have next steps, everyone has a next step. Why? Because there's always room for growth, isn't there? The only time when we stop growing is when we dead. And as we think of this, this, this theme of, of, of next steps or, 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 or next, it really actually originated from a, from a billboard that my wife saw as we were, as we were traveling. Um, it was a bank that was running a campaign and their slogan was, what's your next? And I thought, man, what an incredible question. And it's, it's a question that we should all be asking. And I trust that those of you who were with us last week, that you've already started to ask yourself that question during the week. We had just over 100 people sign up last week to go, hey, I need to take next steps. I need to take next steps. Maybe at the end of today, you may be in a space where you feel like, I need to take next steps. I recognize that God is prompting my heart in this direction. In fact, I've actually known for a while that I need to take certain next steps, and I just haven't said yes yet, but this morning I'm choosing that yes, I need to take my next steps. And I want to encourage you to head over to that big, shiny, flashy, is it flashing? No, it's not. Arrow. And uh, there are two little business cards. One, one business card says, uh, Blank Space is taking their next step. You fill in your name there. Just as a bit of a declaration. Pop it up on that arrow just to, to join in with, with our community, to say, hey, we're keeping each other accountable, that, that yes, there are next steps that I need to take, and I'm, I'm publicly saying, hey, <laughs> I need to take a next step. Then there's another business card that says, my next step is, and then it's got a blank space for you to fill in, what's your next step? Pop that into your wallet, that each time you pull out a credit card or pull out cash or, or just check to see if there's possibly anything in there, uh, that that card is there as a reminder to just remind you that, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm taking next steps. Because here's the f- deal, folks, is that life is not an event. We spoke about it, about it last week. Life is not an event, and so often we live from event to event, and we miss the time in between. And God help us to not, to not be missing out on that time in between, to not just be seeing life as, as this event, you know, I'm going to church on Sunday, then I'm going to work on Monday morning, then I'm going home so I can eat and sleep. You know, life is so much more than just events. We're all on a journey. And as we're all on a journey, we're all moving toward something. And that's what we're going to chat about this morning is, is what are we moving towards? 
But as we are moving towards something, we all have next steps to take in that process. So, this journey that we're on, it isn't just some pointless, aimless wandering. No. You and I both, we're, we're all heading somewhere. I wonder this morning if, if you know where you're heading. Now, you may be thinking of afterlife. You may be thinking, well, you know, I'm really banking on heading to heaven and, and all of those things. But I, I want to say this, even here on earth, we're all moving towards something. And as we spoke last week, it was that um, quote out of the movie Gladiator, well, Maximus says, you know, what we do in this life echoes in eternity. And I believe that with all my heart. You see, where we moving toward, whatever we're moving toward right here today on earth will ultimately determine what life after death looks like. This morning, I'd like to, to propose to you that as we are all moving towards something, I'd like to propose to you that we are all moving towards one of two things. We are all moving towards self or we are moving towards selflessness. Greater scheme of things, that's, that's pretty much the breakdown. That's pretty much one of those two things that we are moving towards self or selflessness. And we say, Ramon, how can you say that we, we could be, you know, either moving towards self or selflessness? Well, just look at our society. Look at, look at where we live. Look at, look at the life that we, that we live in today. What's being communicated to us all the time, whether it's a TV ad, a radio ad, a billboard ad, advertising all around, what are, what are those pretty little picture quotes that people put up on Facebook and social media and all over the show? You know? It's, it's, it's all very self-centered, if we're very honest. Companies are trying to, to make us look at ourselves and go, hey, what do I want? What do I want? And because I want this, you really need this product. Or hey, you might be feeling down, you know, just focus on you for a little bit. You know, one of my favorite pieces of advice that I hear all the time, friends giving each other that I just think, oh, please don't, is forget about what other people are expecting from you. For, for, forget about other people. You do you. You do you. And if you want to be cute, it's you do you, boo-boo. <laughs> and it's just true. I mean, think of social media. Think of, think of what's, what social media is all about. You know, I find it hilarious. I think the first platform that I ever signed up for on social media got the name right. It was MySpace. It wasn't Facebook or Instagram or any of those. It was MySpace. And I was like, perfect name for social media. Why? Because that's what it's all about. It's all about MySpace. It's MySpace. It's a place. Sorry, this is going to sound terrible. But it's a place where I can glorify me. It's a place where that's all about me. It's a place where I can draw attention to me. Look at what I ate. Friends, I don't care what you ate. <laughs> it's all about the things I like. It's all about the things I love. 
And, and, and <laughs> if we're honest, it actually becomes exceptionally narcissistic in nature, where life revolves around me. Uh, so I use Mac products. Um, the only reason why is because I'm, I'm Dylan, 10 times worse when it comes to technology. I'm terrible. Like I recently learned how to send an email. I'm kidding. It's not that bad, but it, it's just about there. Um, but I, I, I love the way that Mac just embraced this whole thing. You know, they didn't call themselves a window that they're looking out at other people. No, they just call all their products I. And I'm just like, you know, it's an iPhone. It's all about me. It's, it's, a, it's an iPad. It's even bigger, all about me. It's an iPod. It's still <laughs> all about me. And that's the society that we live in today. We live in a society that promotes self-centeredness. It's all about my will, about what I want, my likes, my hopes, my desires. And then when we live this way, we end up placing such a high demand on the people around us. Why? Because they're actually just there to make me feel good. They're just there to, to, to kind of see my dreams unfold. And to some of you, you may be thinking, man, you really are exaggerating this. Am I really? You see, at the end of the day, when it's all about me, it's actually just rooted in self-importance. It's rooted in pride. And I challenge you this week, this coming week, go and look at social media, for example. Go, go pay attention to advertising. And go and pay attention to how much of it is self-centered in nature. And then we wonder, even in the church and as the church, why we struggle with self-centeredness. But all of this is just rooted in pride and we see, we see it most in our decision-making process. Why? Because our decision-making process, I believe, reflects our society. Where our decision-making process pretty much comes down to this. What's in it for me? I've got to choose between one of two things and I look at them and I pretty much go, okay, so which one benefits me? So we can be moving towards self and self-centeredness. Or we can be moving towards selflessness, which is very unpopular today. Sometimes we, we, we see a... Um, We'll, we'll see big promotions of like, you know, let's go out and do X, Y, and Z. And it all seems so selfless in the moment. But the deeper we dig, so often we come to see that, that the selflessness is actually about that deep. It's about an inch deep. And at the root of it, there is still a benefit to self at the end. And this form of selflessness is ultimately self-centered at its core. And here's the point that I'm coming to with all of this. I believe with all of my heart that in Jesus, 
that in Christ we see the ultimate picture of selfless living. I believe that this is a picture to move toward. I believe that this is a picture to take next steps toward. How can I say that? Well, what did Jesus say? Jesus said to us, you know what? By this one thing, they'll know that you're mine. By this one thing, they will know that you belong to me. By the way that you love one another. And then he, he, he even went on to define it. He, he said, you must love one another the way that I have loved you. And we'll get into that in a moment. But he, he went on to say this. He said that no greater love has a man just being person. No greater love has a person than to lay down their life for a friend. And what I love about Jesus is that Jesus didn't just speak stuff. He didn't just preach stuff. He didn't just say stuff and then move on. No, whenever Jesus spoke, he spoke what he was willing to live. In fact, he wasn't just willing to live it. We saw throughout his life on earth how he just constantly lived out what he preached. You see, he said that no greater love has a man than to lay down his life for his friend and that we should love one another as he has loved us. Shortly after that, he brought it right back to the fact that he went to the cross for you and he went to the cross for me and he paid a debt for us that we couldn't pay. It's probably the most selfless act in all of history. And I believe that this is something that we should be moving toward. That Jesus is what we should be moving toward. So if I can rephrase what we said right at the top, that in life, we are moving towards one of two things. We are moving towards self and selfishness, or we are moving toward Jesus. In Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, he gives us this, these tools to, to ensure that, that we move from a space of moving towards self day in and day out. And that we really do move towards this, this, this picture that, that Jesus gave us through his life in order for us to, to imitate and to become just like Jesus. Here's what he said. Uh, Philippians 2 verses 3 through 8. He says, he just starts off, he doesn't even, I mean, he just calls a spade a spade. He just says, don't be selfish. That's how he starts. He just says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress, uh, to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests. But take interest in others too. You must have, and here's the kicker, folks, here's the line for us to really pay attention to. He says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine 
privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And he did that for you and for me. Now Paul says a lot in this passage. He really does say a lot in this passage. But ultimately, what Paul is, is, is really saying for us, he laid it out quite clearly. He said, he said, it's time for us to take on a new attitude. It's time for us to, to, change, to change our attitude. It's time for us to, to shift from having an attitude that is self-centered, that's focused around me, my desires, what I want, what I am, am, am hoping to achieve out of this life. And he's saying, hey, it's time for you to take on an attitude that looks like Jesus. And the very first thing, he, he lists a couple of tools there, but the very first thing that he lists or, the, or the, the, the overwhelming theme of that scripture is humility. That humility is, is one of these attitudes that we need to take. Now, what is an attitude? An attitude is a settled way of thinking. That's what an attitude is. An attitude is a settled way of thinking. And what Paul's saying is, hey, we need to settle a new way of thinking that we need to look at what was the attitude of Jesus? How did he approach life? How did he approach the people around him? And that we need to take on, that we need to settle this new way of thinking in our lives. And that being, at its core, humility. Now the truth is, when I'm self-centered, it's exceptionally hard to function in a place of humility. Why? Because self-centeredness is really, is, really, is really rooted in pride. You know, it's, it's my will, it's my way. And I believe that, that the only way to take steps towards becoming like Jesus is by settling this new way of thinking and by taking on this attitude of humility. Now, I'm going to shoot very straight with you this morning and going to actually be quite vulnerable, but you talk next steps. This is my next step. This is, this is what, what I believe God has really challenged me on for this year, it's one of them, they're a couple, but this is one of them, is, is, is this issue of humility in my life. Is the humility of Christ really evident and alive and well in my life or isn't it? And, and I'll answer that this morning and say no, no it's not. And it's something that I long for and it's something that, that with God and through His grace we're busy working through right now and as you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself my goodness should that guy even be up here i think he's kind of folding just for a minute stop just think for yourself in your own life is the humility of jesus really alive and well and evident in your heart and in your life right here right now 
You see, over the past couple of years, we've, we've had a lot of changes in life. Some have been exceptionally difficult. Some have been incredibly good. And it's not hard for, for you to find a little bit of, of success or, or you to find something that's really worked out well. And, and for us to kind of forget where that came from. For us to kind of forget who's the author of this in my life. Who, who, who gives us all good gifts? Is it because I'm somehow so clever? Is it because I'm somehow got something figured out that everyone else doesn't? I want to I challenge you with this, folks. Scripture tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. Your heavenly Father has given you every good gift. And in those moments where we want to for a minute think that, that, that it was as a result of, 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 of our incredibleness that this has happened, we need to stop and just give credit back to where credit is due. Here's what James said. The, the brother of Jesus, talk about having to function in humility. Uh, here's Jesus' brother speaking to us, and he says this. He says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And he carries on in verse 8, and he says this. He says, draw close to God, and God will draw close to you. The opening line there that, that James says to us, he says that God opposes the proud. This morning, you may be sitting here, and, and you may have really struggled in your walk with God. You may have really struggled. There, there, there may have been... T- moments where you've 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 tried to connect with God you've really tried to push into God but but for some reason there just seems to be this barrier there seems to be this blockage between you and God and this morning I believe that what God's wanting to communicate to us is go and do a bit of inventory of your life go just go and do a bit of a heart check just go and see Lord is there any area of pride that's functioning in my life. Because here it tells me that God opposes the proud. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And maybe there's some areas in your life this morning that you just need to go, Lord, I'm sorry, I now recognize that for a while or for the longest time, there's been this area of pride in my life. And as a result, it's actually been a blockage between me and you. Lord, this morning, forgive me. Forgive me for my pride. Lord, this morning, I give this area of pride back to you. And Lord, this morning, I, I so desperately just desire relationship with you and freedom in relationship with you. Lord, I want to give you my pride, Lord, and I'm going to ask you for your grace. And he gives it freely. And there seems to be this correlation between pride and not being able to draw close to God. But at the same time, there seems to be a correlation between us humbling ourselves before God. And then as we draw close to Him, what does He say here? He says, and He 
will draw close to us. You see, when it comes to humility, I think so often we feel like, like humility is I need to walk around and I need to behave like a worm. I need to see myself as a worm. You know, I'm not worth anything. I'm useless, you know, all that sort of stuff. That's not humility. That's false humility. That's not humility. You see, humility is not having a modest or low view of oneself. No. Humility is having a modest or a low view of one's importance. You see, you as a person, you're highly loved. You're highly favored. When you, when, when God, even before he formed the foundations of this earth, he thought about you. You. He thought about you. He had your name picked out in the whole trip. Someone thought they named you, but the truth be told, God had named you before the foundations of the earth. That is how much you mean to God, and that is what you are worth. You are worth Jesus to God. That is what you are worth. So this has nothing to do with your value. This has everything to do with our own self-importance. Peter said it this way. He said, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. I want to say this to you. As I was preparing this, I had such a strong sense that, that there's someone sitting here this morning who's, who's in the process of, of, of making a move for a job promotion. You, 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 you've really been trusting and you've been hoping and, and probably even praying for this job promotion. And if you could just get onto this project, there was a possibility for you to, to ultimately show how what you're capable of and, 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 and there's this job promotion at the end. Now, the society that we live in says that we need to, we need to pump ourselves up even if it means breaking down those around us. We need to get ourselves to, to rise to the top even if it means stepping on other people. It's okay, it's, it's business. And as I said, as I was prepping this, I just had such a strong sense that, that God is wanting to communicate to you this morning, right now, that if you are willing to humble yourself before God, if you are in those moments willing to say, Lord, you know what I've been praying for. You know what I've been hoping for. You know what I've been dreaming for. Heck, your family may even need it. And you may be in a space where you just, Lord, you know that, that we need this, Father God. And Lord, you know that I'm trusting for this promotion. But Lord, right now I'm willing to put it in your hands. Right now I'm willing to humble myself. And I'm willing to give it back to you, Lord. And I realized that just as Peter said to, 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 to me here through Scripture, that if I'm willing to humble myself to you, that in the right time, that in the right time, Lord, you will promote me. And folks, I want to say this to you. If you are willing to do that this morning, the promotion you're looking for, might not be in the one that you're vying for right now. 
Because in the right time, God will promote you. You don't know what lies on the other side of this promotion, but God does. You don't know if it's good or destructive, but God does. And in the right time, God will promote you to the right promotion to further you for His glory. And I firmly believe that that is for someone very specific this morning. And maybe it's not specifically for you, but at moment might come up in your future. And I pray that you will remember these words of Peter, that in the right time as we humble ourselves, God promotes us. You see, man doesn't promote, God promotes. You may be saying, but, but Ramon, you know, if I, if, I, if I don't pump myself up in the office, if I don't, you know, if I don't fight for this thing, like what will people think of me? You know, won't, won't people think poorly of me? If there's something that I've come to learn for myself over the past couple of years, it's this. Is that if we live for people's approval, we will die by their criticism. If we live for people's approval, we will die by their criticism. Becoming obsessed, and it'll pop up on the board there, becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. I want to ask you this. Is it all that important what people think about you? Is it all that important what the people at your office think about you? Or is it more important what God thinks when he looks at you? Because you see, to get people's approval, sometimes we have to do some skullduggerous things to get there. But when it comes to the approval of God, before we've opened our eyes in the morning, he looks at us and he goes, man, I love that guy. I love that lady. See, there's nothing that you can do to make God love you any less. But when he looks at you, he looks at you through the blood of Jesus. And he loves you more than you could ever know. And if there's any approval you would ever want to live for, this side of eternity, it's your heavenly Father's approval. See, we're all on this journey, and humility is always key in this journey. As we journey with Jesus, humility is what ultimately gets us closer and closer to the likeness of Jesus. And in order to, excuse me, to move towards what we set out to move toward, we need to change our attitude. If I can put it this way, we need to have our own Garden of Gethsemane moment. You see, Jesus, one of the most beautiful moments of, of humility that we see in history is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he's just on his knees before his father. And he just says, Lord, if, if it's your will, if it's your will, Lord, then please don't make me go through what I'm about to go through. If it's your will. But if it's not your will, if it's not your will, then, then not my will be done, but yours. 
yours be done. And he humbles himself before God. And as a result, he goes through probably the most dramatic death that any human being could go through so that he could fulfill the will of God. And maybe you and I, this morning, we just need to have our own Garden of Gethsemane moment. We need to have our own moment where whatever we're facing in life, whether it's, it's hopes and dreams that we're chasing after, or, or whether it's some, some really rough stuff that, that, that's busy unfolding in life, is instead of us praying our will into the moment, is for us to this morning just come and take a step of humility and say, Lord, this morning, not my will, but yours be done. And it's in that moment of humility that every other Christ-like behavior is rooted. In the way that we love each other, it's rooted in humility. In the way that we put our faith in God, it's rooted in humility. In the way that we worship Him, it's, it's rooted in humility. But we need to get to that point where we go, Lord, I lay down my self-importance. I realize I'm yours. I'm your kid. I'm royalty because I'm a child of the Most High God. But Lord, I lay down my self-importance. Lord, not my will but yours be done. And as we draw this to a conclusion this morning, this morning, what's your next step? What's your next step? As you just stop and consider what we've spoken through this morning, what's your next step? In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30, God's speaking to his people and, and ultimately he says this. He says, I set before you today life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he, he pleads to them. He says, before all of heaven and earth, I plead with you, choose life. This morning, for you, that life and death choice just might be in remaining in a certain sense of pride that you've functioned in, whether it's been at an undertone and, and kind of muted in your life. But if you're honest, you know that it's, it's always kind of been there. And for some of us, it's a little bigger than, than in others or a little more obvious than in others. Do we remain there? Do we stay in that space where, where somehow our opinion is more important than the way we love? Do we stay in a place where, where our wants and our desires are more important than caring for, for those that God has placed around us? This morning, do we need to take steps out of that pride and, and, and really recognize that this morning, my next step just might be to say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. 
Lord, this morning, I, I, I pray that you will start, start working that humility in my life. Start making me aware when my own stuff wants to jump up, Lord, and, 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 and just show me that my opinion, my desires, my will, my, my all of these things, they, they, they aren't as important as I've thought they are. But Lord, can I start chasing your heart for my life? Can I start chasing your heart for the people around me? Lord, can I start chasing your heart for the community that you've put me in, for the workspace that I, that I work in, for the, for the people there, Father God. Lord, that, that me loving the people in the room is more important than me fighting for the promotion in the room. Lord, this morning, as you set before me life and death, Lord, I choose life. I choose to take steps towards life. And Father God, as you know what's going on in the heart of every man and every woman in this room, Father. Lord, I thank you that, that you do business with them right there, right now, Lord. Father God, I thank you that this is message, Lord, that it that it's not for people outside of this room right now. Lord, that whoever's sitting here this morning right now going, oh man, I really wish so-and-so was here. <laughs> Father God, it's not meant for so-and-so this morning, it's meant for us. Right here, present this morning. For those of you listening on podcast, this message is meant for you. And Father God, I thank you that, that this morning, Lord, we can really just come to you that we can humble ourselves. Lord, that we can lay down our own self-importance. Lord, and that we can recognize that this morning, when we humble ourselves, you give grace, that you promote, Father God. Lord, and that we do not come and humble ourselves for what we get out of it, Lord, but that this morning we come and humble ourselves, Lord, because we love you. In this moment, I'm, I'm just reminded of Matthew 6.33, where you say to us, Lord, that we should seek you first and your kingdom. And then you come and and add everything on. Lord, that you come and bring the increase. Lord, may we seek you, Father. Lord, may we draw close to you, and as we draw close to you, you draw close to us. But this morning, Lord, may each and every one of us, as we sit here, reach our own Gethsemane moment, Lord, and just say, Lord, it's not my will, but Lord, your will be done in this life. And we thank you for that this morning. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you. Be here next week. Next week, we, we're going to be speaking about the myth of the Big Bang. 
and it is not at all what you just thought it is. And that's what I love about it. And it's just linking on to the past two weeks. But I want to encourage you, come be here. Come hear what God has in store for you. We love you guys. Please don't run off. Come hang out. Come have a milkshake, a coffee, a cool drink, whatever. Guess we'd love to just visit with you a bit. But as we end off this morning, we're going to do one final song with you. And as we end that, be blessed. Have a wonderful Sunday. We love you. And we'll see you next week. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.